difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. You got your problems. I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'm a show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gonna fight back. Welcome back, everyone, to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And now, joining me on the line, this young lady here, Will. She'll be fighting once again. It is once again UFC 260. It is Miosic versus Naganu 2. It's visionally here against Lorna Pinheiro as she aims to uh, get back on the winning ways and well, hopefully, has some good fortune after a very rough year. I give you once again the pride and joy of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I give you the quiet storm herself. I give you Randa Marcos. Uh, Randa, so it's you versus. Luana Pinheiro, uh, how much do you know about her? And how tough is it sometimes fighting somebody who there's not much tape on? You don't know anything about her opponents. She looks good, but it's like, okay, well, she hasn't really fought anybody of note. Yeah, it's, um, it's very difficult. Uh, we were trying to look up some footage of her. We found a little bit, but not enough to see really like what she's got. You know, her last fight was on the contender series and it was done pretty quickly. Um, she TKO'd the girl and then um, she's got some submissions. So she's got she's kind of like a well, well-rounded fighter. Uh, I don't see too much wrestling from her, but I do see some judo and she does have some decent ground games. So um so it's going to be a, a good fight, going to be a tough fight, but um, it's always a tough fight. So I'm expecting the best of her, and I'm expecting her to be good everywhere. So uh, I'm excited for this one. You mentioned you know, off-air that you've, you're now training out of Travis Luter's gym. It's all in Texas. So uh, hopefully for you, that means an easier you know time flying in, flying out from your gym where you're staying at to UFC Vegas. Uh why looters? Like, what was the reason for you going, okay, you know what? I got to change things up and I'm going to go all the way to Texas this time. Um, well, uh, last year was a really, really tough year for me. And, um, you know, with the coronavirus and nobody showing up to the gym, not having any um, female training partners, not having very many training, training partners at all. And, you know, I can't really blame my gym for it because they're like, I couldn't cross the border for the fight with Mackenzie Dern, I didn't get to cross the border until like less than two weeks before the fight. And then for my last fight, I had two weeks notice. So it was, it's just been a really shitty year. But, and uh, I just really want to turn it around. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to um, go in there and give it everything I have. Um, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure coming off three losses if they were even going to give me another shot. So I'm really... Uh, um, blessed to be given another chance and I, I um a few fights ago I talked to one of the coaches from Travis Luter's gym and um we he messages me every once in a while on on Instagram and then this time I was like listen like I gotta change things up things just aren't working like I need to make sure I get I got everything I got I, I'm giving it everything I've got and I need some training partners and he said he reached out to me and said hey we got training partners here for you we'll make sure you get what you need and so I was like all right I'm just gonna you know, give it a, give it a shot. And, you know, I can't, I can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So I need to change it up. I need to see what else is out there and so far so good. So I'm excited for this fight. That's funny. We've been talking to a lot of fighters about, you know, what fans say about loss. Everybody, everybody is an expert. And yeah, you know, you look at your last three losses and it's Amanda Rebus, killer. Somebody who's been just Mm -hmm. wrecking people left and right. 
Mackenzie Dern, killer. A lot of people think she is the future at 115, and she is a world jiu-jitsu champion. And then, you know, your last fight, it's once again, no, that's a killer. It's... Uh, she's, you know, a wrestling, big, she's a wrestling. She's a wrestling world champ. But, yeah, um, so I'm sure she's a. You know, <laughs> I haven't fought. I haven't fought schmucks. You know, these girls are tough. These girls are legit. My question is this: How tough is it in a sport where it's not like boxing? You, you know, in boxing, you would have had a manager talk to her and say, "All right, look, she needs a cupcake. She needs some. She needs a step down. Not you know, top five, top top five, top five. And here in UFC, it's. They tell you who your opponent is, and either you say yes and you fight or no, and well, you might get cut. That's just, that is the yeah. way it is. Uh, how frustrating is that when you're at the whim, you're at the mercy of their whims at times? Um, you know what? It, I'm I'm like happy that I got to fight tough chicks. I'm I'm not looking for an easy fight. I'm never looking for an easy fight. I try to give it everything I got with training, and if it's just not there, you know, like you you can only do what's in your control and hope for another shot. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be fighting the best. I don't want, I don't want easy fights. I never had easy fights. I never wanted easy fights and I'm not expecting an easy fight from this next girl. So, um, it's not frustrating because, you know, uh, I'm expecting that every chick is tough and, um, I don't believe that there's an easy fight out there. So I, it's, it's just, it is what it is. And, um, I just have to be pre- better prepared for this one than I was last year. You know, it wasn't in my hands, but um, I figured it out. And and now that I can cross the border um, with no trouble, I, I'm, I'm trying to do whatever I can to make sure that I'm 100% when I go in there this time. And, well, that's what I mean, though. It's like, okay, I'm not saying easy, but Mackenzie Dern, as I said, you know, she can probably submit a lot of men. She's that damn good. She's a She basically, you know, can submit people in their sleep. That's somebody you probably need a full camp and everything. You didn't really get that yeah. because you said the borders. Uh, yeah. Kanata Marada. Once again, you could probably throw in there and she could beat a lot of men because that's how good she is wrestling-wise. Two weeks yeah. notice, not a full camp. As I said, is there a frustration where, you know, as I said, in boxing, you have a manager. manager goes, no, we're not doing that. We want a full camp or we want somebody at her FS level, not way, you know, high level. We want, we'll settle for that later on. And here in, you, in the MMA, it's very, you know, the fighters have no rights. It's basically they decide, well, you, do, you know, here's a fight offer. Do you want it? No, well, we might not, re- you know, re sign you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, when you put it that way, yeah, it is frustrating, of course, uh, not being able to say no. But at the same time, you know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It is, it is definitely difficult not being able to get a full camp. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And it, that's the way the game is, I guess. And um, you just have to make sure you're always ready. And, um, and I'm, I'm just happy that they get, you know, maybe they're taking that into consideration why they're giving me another shot. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be given another shot and I would never turn on, turn down a fight. I, I wish I would always get a two weeks, two months notice or two, three months notice, you know, it, it, it is, but it is what it is, you know, can't do anything about it. It sucks, but whatever. <laughs> Take me to after, not the Rebus fight, but the the fight in Brazil where, where you took on Mackenzie Dern. And you're stuck. I mean, you can't, and what I mean stuck is you can't leave because it's, unfortunately in Canada, it's a 14-day wait. So you're stuck either in Brazil, you're stuck in the United States. How tough is that when, as you said, it's 
because of coronavirus, everything is now shut down. So instead of, you know, coming home, going to your husband, just unwinding, mentally vegging out, you're stuck in a hotel room, trying to figure out when you're going to go home. And at the same time, it's like, okay, um, do I have to pay for this? Who the hell's paying for my hotel? When can I go home? And nobody has the answers. Um, I never really got, I, I never, I wasn't put in that position yet. I haven't been put in that position. I, I was able to cross the border and come to Canada right away after every flight. So um, that was, that was great. Uh, I'm happy that that happened. But once I got home, I'd have to stay home and quarantine at home. But they were, they were letting me cross the border every time. So what is that like home. staying, you know, being quarantined at home? Mm-hmm. Is it, so you're still a hotel. Did you have to pay, pay for a hotel? Did they pay for it? And how tough was that just? being alone and not being able to even leave the room. Yeah, I was able to stay home at my house. It was just me and my husband and he was at the fight with at the fights with me last year. So uh, yeah, it was it's frustrating. It, it really is. But you know, it's a scary time. You don't under you know, it's hard. Everybody's facing the same thing. And, and we've all not have not been through this before. So it's definitely difficult. But you have to do your part and make sure that you're safe and you're keeping everybody else safe. And um you know hopefully we all get through this together and we all um you know hopefully soon you know things will change and things will turn for the better and we all get over this but you know we have to do our part and it is frustrating but um i choose to travel during this time and i choose to go out and take fights during this time so i have to do what's best for me to take care of myself and to take care of others you know make sure i'm not spreading anything if you're just tuning in, once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Random Marcos here. We're talking all things, of course. Uh, her f- upcoming fight, once again, at UFC 260. We're talking traveling. We're talking Mackenzie Dern. We're talking coronavirus here. I give every fighter cre- a, a huge amount of credit. I mean, as every other athlete was, you know, not doing this, you guys decided, men and women, all right, you know what? Let's nut up. It's one foot in front of the other. Let's keep on fighting. We're going to do this thing here. And all the while, as, as you said, it's... The world's getting scary. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their, you know, their homes. People are, you know, losing their personal freedoms here. Forget about Randa Marcos, the fighter, you know, as a, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend. How tough was that for you watching as your sisters probably are suffering in some forms because of this, your mother, friends. And here you are, you're going, okay, I can't help. I, you know, I got to stay away from you guys. Got to be six feet apart. Meanwhile, you're training. Can't stay six feet apart. You can't really do that. I mean, how, how much of that just, you know, at what time was just mentally grinding of you're risking yourself, you're putting yourself out there by getting sick, and yet you can't, you know, have your family come. You can't, they can't support you at times because you got to be six feet apart. You don't want them catching anything. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. I, I'm really close with my family, with my mom, with my nieces and nephews, with my sisters and brothers. Um, it's very, very difficult not being able to be around them all the time, especially during training. It's very scary because you don't know where everybody's been and and we are taking a chance to go in there and train with each other. And I, I, uh, I'm very happy that a lot of people, especially here, have been showing up and training with us here. But um, it's a difficult time and it's a difficult, you know, but being able to 
come to Fort Worth and stay in a hotel by myself here, I feel a lot more comfortable here because I'm not with my family all the time. I'm not, you know, no one's here. It's just me on my own. So I'm not putting anybody at risk. So I do feel a lot better being here on my own than, it, than I was traveling back and forth from the border and going to, you know, going home and like not being able to see my family. But when I do, it's like, uh, you know, like trying to stay away from, you know, my niece and nephews and everything. So it was, it's definitely difficult. And I understand that what everybody's going through and it sucks and, but yeah, um, you know, I got to get paid too. And this is my job. And, and if I'm in, and I'm, I'm happy with my job, like that they're able to continue uh, doing what we do through this pandemic. And a lot of people don't get this opportunity. So it really, really sucks for them. I mean, I mean, we're trying to do it the safest way possible. Um, and other people have to stay home and like lose their jobs and stuff. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really a shitty time. And, uh, I feel, really feel for all those people and, uh, hopefully we all get through this. What's the biggest thing that you miss in terms of just something that you took for granted? Like, I mean, because every fight I've talked to, there's always like, I miss going out and having breakfast with people. I miss going to the movie theater. I miss, you know, catching a game with my kids. I can't miss you know, going out to dinner with, you know, the, with the family because they take it for granted for you. And, and even let's say your husband, what, what's the biggest thing you right now you guys miss that you've, you know, when it first happened, like, oh yeah, this is just easy. And all of a sudden it's like, man, I really enjoyed doing this. And I can't do it anymore right now because of the COVID. Yeah. Back in, in Windsor, everything like kind of like when everybody started opening up, we were closing down, we were shutting down everything. So it was just, it's just like, it's really difficult to, like not being able to hang out with each other, like have like parties, you know, like just like weddings and like, you know what I mean? Like those simple things that you would do on the weekends, like everybody show up and have breakfast together, you know, at a restaurant and just like no, not wearing masks. That's a big thing. Like it's become so normal to wear a mask now. I, I uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's so sick of it now, but um, yeah, just being able to like go out together and like, like go out to a restaurant, sit down and eat you know and they just do things like that like here in in uh, texas they're they're open everywhere you're you're able to go out and stuff but in canada um where i'm from everything right now is like i think they just started opening up now where you're able to go to most stores but yeah it's been just difficult to not be able to just hang out on the weekends on your time off and with everyone together and it's always like oh no like where were you, you know, did you go out? Did you go train this weekend? Like, eh. it's just, just having that normal, like we, we take for granted just hanging out with each other and like, just like being able to, I don't know, go to a restaurant, sit down and eat together. <laughs> like, it's just the little things that like, it's, it's been difficult. How tough is it right now? Keeping the love for this sport, because there, I'm guessing there's a lot of things you want to do and you're still young at 35, but, I know you and your husband probably want to start a family. That, that can't happen right now because, as you said, you're getting ready for a fight. There might be a fight in a couple months. And well, to have a baby, you got to take basically the entire year off. There's this bur- you know, huge booming right now film industry that a lot of you know, lost shows, a lot of movies are taking place in Canada, especially Vancouver. You've mentioned acting. You know, That's something I'm guessing you could probably be a natural at, get some big roles. Next thing you know, you're making some money, get paid to have people put makeup on can't do that because you're fighting here Uh, is it tougher having the love of mma when you know you're getting to that age now where it's like i want to have a new career i want to have a baby i want to be able to you know 
go in a full year, be able to just travel, take vacations, spend time with my husband, my family, not go, oh crap, I got to go to this training camp. I got to move here. I got to go do that. I got to cut down 115 pounds. How tough is that, you know, maintaining that love of MMA? Um, I love MMA. I love everything about it. I mean, the, the, the hardest part of my job is like the, the losses, you know, and like not getting the training I need. Um, that's, I feel like when I'm not getting the training I need and I'm not doing as good as I know I can, I think, I feel like those are just years of my life that I'm losing, you know, um, when I'm not doing so good, like I, and, um, people look at moving away as a sacrifice. I don't think it's a sacrifice. I feel like this is what I'm doing. I love it. The biggest sacrifice for me though, um, the only thing that I see as a, as a sacrifice for me is not being able to have kids. And um, I've seen, I've, I've, I know girls do it all the time. You know, they have a kid and they go back to fighting and they should be praised way more than they than they get credit for, you know? But um, I think that's a, the hardest part of my job is uh, do I want to take a year off and have a baby and come back to this sport? You know, it is a, it's a very demanding sport. It's demanding on your body and, and everything. And so, yeah, that's definitely, uh, besides having a baby, I, nothing is, is, to me, this sport is, is everything I ever wanted. It's, it's, it was something I did for fun and now I'm getting paid for it. And I love everything about it but yes being able to step step outside of this and have a baby that's been the biggest thing that um, my husband and I would love to have one day but it's not the right time right now so hopefully in the future god willing I'm able to have kids and and uh, I'll look at that but everything I do I love it I love it yes it's a sacrifice with some things but I don't look at it that way it's just I'm able to do what I love to do and I'm get paid for it so I love it Cub Swanson came out a while ago and said I wish every MMA ride beat writer had, had a couple of fights. They understood what we go through because I get it. People criticize, they'll second guess, armchair quarterbacks. How tough is it though when it's analysts and it's people that you know, whether it's uh, Paul Felder, Michael Bisbing, uh, Dan Cormier, when they start criticizing, they go, "Oh, she should have done this, should have done that." How much does that hurt in terms of you going? wait a minute here, you know what we're going through. You understand yeah. this year. You've been through those short camps. You've been through this year. You know it's not as easy peasy as you guys are making it out of here on, you know, on your big screen TV wearing your you know, $2,000 custom suits. Yeah, it is definitely difficult hearing those things like um, being able to train in a pandemic. Like, yeah, you can. I, I made it to the gym. Like, I finally was able to cross the border and get to the gym, but nobody was there. No training partners were there. It's like... Uh, who's going to risk their life come train with me you know um people need to understand that take that into consideration but it is what it is this is the sport and people are, we're not here for people to be nice to us and no one's gonna sit there and and it's because nobody understands what we're actually going through no one knows every single day what i'm doing what where you know who who i'm training with you know what i i'm you know, taking my time out to do, no one sees it, you know, they see our Instagram posts, they see our stories, and they look at that and say, oh, well, she's probably not training, because I'm not posting it, people think I'm not training, or I'm not doing as much as the last, the other person, my opponent, who's posting everything, you know, um, and, and you get criticized for it, but you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, and just like, not let it bother you, even though, you know, deep down, sometimes it 
things that they say just like oh man I wish I could just speak to him right now and tell him tell him how it was but you can't make everybody understand and honestly most of the time when you try to make them understand they don't care anyway so you just have to um take it not let it bother you <laughs> try not to let it bother you and just you know you know yourself what you're what you're capable of you know yourself what you went through to get here so just take it and, and keep going once again ladies and gentlemen we are proud to have on the show she'll be fighting on UFC 260, March 27th, Miosic versus Nagano 2. I give you once again, uh, trading out and out, Travis Luter's gym in Texas. I give you Randy Marcos. Uh, Randy, before I let you go, where can the fans check you out at? The Twitter page, Instagram, the YouTube channel. Where can fans hit you up at? Um, you, can, you can check me out on Instagram at Randy Marcos, um, Twitter at Randy MMA, uh, and Facebook at Randy Marcos. And thank you so much, everybody, for your support. And hopefully uh, you'll see my hand raised on uh, March 27th. I have no doubt about it. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Random Marco, it's always a pleasure having on the show. We come back. we got a lot more going on only on It Is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. back everyone to its last call last call with the alcohol only on it is the blue wire hustle network and now join me on the line this man here he will be fighting once again is uh well he's continuing his march through the rankings and well he's hoping his fight leads him to dare i say a much bigger opponent in the featherweight ranks i give you once again all the way from it is none other than glory fitness glory MMA and fitness I give you with uh, KGD himself. I give you Grant Austin. Uh, Grant, you, Leonardo Santos. It's once again a big step up fight here. Uh, what do you like about this fight? Like when you look at break him down, when you see him or have seen him on videotape, what do you feel? What do you feel about this fight in terms of what to expect from him? Uh, <clears throat> man, there's there's really not a whole lot that I don't like about the fight. Um, I feel like he's a very uh, two dimensional fighter. He's striker and jujitsu guy he's not really an mma guy in my opinion um and i feel like i always match up really well against the jujitsu guys even somebody with his uh his background and his um uh his resume in jujitsu i still feel like in an mma fight i'm gonna match up really well against the jujitsu guys and on, on the other hand of it too i feel like he doesn't have the gas tank to be able to keep up with me he slowed down in fights before that weren't as high pace as I usually keep. So when, when I get in there and, and start putting that pace on him, I do think that he will slow down pretty big. 
you mentioned a gas tank. So how do you, I mean, how do you basically make it so that you can get him to gas out without just being stupid? We've seen that before. Guys try to push the pace or they'll get aggressive and they get caught. So for you, what, what do you do to basically turn it up so that you can make him tired, but you're not exposing yourself to an uppercut or a kick or something where all of a sudden he can end that fight quickly? Uh, I, yeah, I feel like the guys that, that are getting caught a lot, and, and I don't want to say this because I feel like everybody has the chance of getting caught. You know, even if you go in with a perfect game plan, you do everything right, it's a fist fight. Things can still happen and you just get caught. So, so that aside, I think the big thing that people have done to him in the past is they've tried to push the pace with only striking or they've tried to push the pace with only grappling. And I feel like my job and my close or my uh, best way to victory into getting him to gas is to do both, right? Keep the punches on him. And as soon as he stops thinking about wrestling and he starts thinking we're making this into a striking match, then I fit in and, and, and take him down. If I don't get the takedown, instead of just attack the takedown, attack the takedown, attack the takedown, come back up with strikes, attack the takedown, come back up with strikes, get him down, and then really kind of put the, put the pace on him on the ground. And, and a big part of that, too, is going to be he's not going to get tired doing jujitsu with me. So I got to make sure that when we are on the ground, this isn't jujitsu. This is MMA. I'm going to be putting, in, uh, putting my elbow on his forehead. I'm going to be covering his mouth. I'm going to be hitting the body a bunch doing everything to stay away from just a pure jujitsu match. <clears throat> There's a lot of times when I see guys fighting, you know, when you get to, when, when in a lot of time it's against a cage and I've always noticed how it's a lot of hand fighting. And you do, you also have done that where it's, you're constantly moving your hands, whether you're, you know, trying to grab a guy by the, you know, by the back of a neck or you're trying to, you know, get position with the arms. You're always moving them. How much of that is by design so that you can set something up? So that he not only does your opponent have to go, okay, well, I got to pummel in, I got to pummel out, but you can set up so that just by moving, that gives you the chance to, you know, land a big knee or to sweep or do something because he's so focused on one thing, he doesn't see the other thing coming. Yeah, man. Um, you asked me how much of that is by design. I'm going to tell yes, you how much everything. Of that is for you by, by design in terms of just, Trying to making him look, you know, making him look left while you go right. Yeah, uh, everything that I do is by design. I don't, I don't go into fights just winging it and hoping for the best. I go into fights with specific game plans and everything that, everything in my game uh, is designed to help something else in my game. You know, there's no, there's no random tidbits of of knowledge that I have. It's, it's all working together and I feel like that's one of the things that separates me from other fighters other fighters are really really good in certain areas but they don't really know you know they're just kind of going whereas I feel like I'm really good in every area and all my uh all my moves all my strategies all play into each other to kind of recycle you through my game and and I feel like you know getting him to think that I'm zigging when I'm actually zagging is, is one thing that I'm really, really good at, especially in a grappling situation. Take us back to your last fight. Uh, you, Nud, Nud, Nari, Nari, we talked about that. You said he's a, a, a guy who's good at everything, not great. And after the fight, you were very pissed about, you know, as you said, you didn't finish him, that you went to a decision. Uh, what happened? Like, what, what was about it? What was it about him that made him so damn tough just to get rid of in terms of either striking or submissions or wrestling? Just what was it about him that made him 
a, a tough out. Uh, yeah, man. One, he he's very tough, and and he's he was good. But I feel like the big thing with Nad was he he didn't try to win. And I know that sounds weird, and I know that sounds uh, odd. But when when I got him down. I could feel it was don't get finished, not let's get back up and try to win this fight, you know, and, and that's where a lot of my submissions come from. People are trying to get up to fight me to get out of bad positions. I'm hitting them a bunch. And that's where the choke comes in. I, I was hitting him on the ground and I was getting to really good positions and there was no attempt to get up. There was no attempt to reverse the situ or uh, reverse the position. It was all just don't get submitted. And if, if you're in a fight, and the guy that you're fighting is his only priority is to not get submitted or not get even punched in the face. And he has no other priorities. It's going to be really hard to do that. Uh, so I really felt like once I got him down, there was a form of like, okay, he's going to win this round, but I'm going to knock him out next round. And then I got him down again. And he was like, okay, he's going to win this round, but I'm going to try again next round. And then in the last round, all we did was strike. I decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to work on my stand-up. I decided that this was a really good opponent to work on that. And I do think that if I had taken him down again, I could have gotten the finish. But I think that I got something even better out of, out of that fight than the finish, and that was experience on my feet. I'm glad you brought up the finish part because we had, you know, Cub Swanson has talked about this. I know that Curtis Blade's gone through it here. And that now almost everybody's an expert, whether it's fight fans, some reporters, even Daniel White, they all bitch about, well, you should have done this or you should have done that or this is a boring fight here, blah, 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 blah here. How tough is it, as I said, with, with the Naribami fight where you try to explain to fans who don't get it because a lot of them don't fight. Guys know now what you're doing. I mean, it's not, you know, everything's, oh, it's easy to finish the guy. No, it's not. How tough is it explain to people that look? I, sometimes you have bad fights. Sometimes the other guy just you know knows what not to do, and he's not going to let me just walk in there and smash him. Yeah, man, I don't try to explain anything to anyone. Uh, I got three people whose approval I'm looking for, and that's the Dana White, my coach, and my family, and all three of them are happy with me. So I don't really care about anything else. I dominated every second of that fight. It was 30 27s or 30-26s across the board. I got better in that fight. I, I went home with no bumps and bruises. And in my opinion, you know, I thought it was a, it was a good fight. So I have nothing to complain about. And if these guys want to talk about being the most boring fighter in the UFC or any crap like that, they, they can go suck a dick because I don't really <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> I don't really give a shit what some fat dude in his mom's basement is saying about me online. <laughs> I know that Dana, Dana's been happy with you. Do, what happens though when he says these comments? And, and, and as we said, we get it. He's a promoter. He wants knockouts, finishes, and all that. How is it? Has, has I don't know if that happened with it yet, Bo. Have you ever looked at Dana, some of these guys, and go, "You do it, Ben. You get in a ring. You know, all you UFC execs, you think it's easy. You get in a ring, then. And when you get punched in the face, you realize, oh crap. You know, this kind of hurts. I can't just go on there and well, just as you said." start throwing you know crazy shit yeah man um yeah i would say that definitely winning is the only thing that matters to me absolutely but if somebody that i did look up to like dana or like my coach came to me and said hey you're never going to win a world title unless you change something 
I'm going to change it. Right now, Dana's happy with me. My coaches are happy with me. My family's happy with me. I don't got to change anything. And, and I really don't feel like anybody's saying that I'm a boring fighter other than the, you know, the, the guys that are just trying to hate on people. And that's fine. But I've, I've dominated everybody. I haven't lost a round in the UFC. I haven't lost a round in my career. I've lost 10 seconds of one single fight before. And so I'm obviously doing something right. I only have two decisions. Everything else is, is finishes, whether it was amateur career or pro career. I, I know what I'm doing here. And unless one of the higher ups tell me that I need to change something, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got Grant Dawson here on the show. We're talking all things, of course, uh, his upcoming fight here. We're talking Nod Naramami. We're talking uh, ac ac action versus boring. Let's talk about last year and even this year, like in terms of just things you miss. Because I know, as I said, nothing phases you. You've overcome everything that's going on. You know, coronavirus, you're still doing that there. But as a young guy, and, you know, people forget this here. Like, how tough has it been where certain creature comforts you can't do? Like, you know, in certain places, hey, you can't go to breakfast or you can't travel here or you can't do this. I mean, as a guy, as just a regular young guy, how tough has it been this last year or so plus having restrictions, having, you know, the testing and all that and just having your life basically turned upside down? Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> the this last year has been really weird for a lot of people. And I don't, I don't believe in fate or destiny. I don't believe everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that you can make the best out of everything that happens. You know, there was a lot of downsides to this whole coronavirus, but there's also a lot of upsides. Uh, I was looking to buy a car and this whole thing hit and everybody was trying to sell their cars because everybody thought that the world was ending and they needed, you know, quick money. So they were selling these beautiful cars for super cheap. Uh, there, there's just, there's so many good things that have come out of this. If you just, if you look for it, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm happy that all this happened. I'm not saying that I can't wait for things to go back to normal, but there's a lot of people bitching and moaning about all this stuff and I get it, but life happens and you have to work around it. Um, I think that's one thing that I do really well. And that, that translates into my fighting is I adapt to situations, everything in my game, uh, like we mentioned before is mapped out. But if something does go askew, I am very, very good at adapting to that situation and overcoming to it. And I feel like that's really helped me this last year. And I think it's going to help me in this next year when things are starting to go back to normal, more fights are happening, maybe something crazy happens and we have another lockdown. I'm going to be able to adapt to it and overcome it while everybody else is slowly trying to just get through it. But is there anything you miss? Like, is it like, give me something that, you know, you miss that you took, you know, that you took for granted. Like some people I know, they love going out for breakfast. Now they can't do that because a lot of places do takeout. Or some people just enjoy the times going to movies or do this. Now you can't do that because the movies are 25% capacity. I mean, was there anything that you, when you look back, was there anything that you missed doing that you took, you know, you took for granted because, hey, I do it every day. It's one of those things. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I really miss this because this was kind of fun. Yeah, man. The you mentioned the movies and and uh, one of the things that I really like doing is going to the movies and uh, I like taking my my girl out and and just having a day to watch a giant giant TV screen and really loud noises. I miss that a lot. Um, I don't like wearing masks in public. I don't like wearing masks in stores. They're hard to breathe in. They look weird. Uh, 
I would say I miss movies and fresh air. That's, that's about the two things I miss the most. Getting back to your fighting here, because I know we're, we're, we're pressed for time. We're running out. We're running out. And we, you're a busy man. We saw recently uh, Gagne versus Ruse and Strike. People complained, as they said, because, well, it's, you know, oh, they should have won. There should have been knockouts here. How, how much do you, you know, when, and I know they said earlier with the coach, oh, you know, I won't change anything if I, you know, if, if it's not broken. How much do they realize, though, you know, and you, and I know, as I said, you don't give a rat's ass with some fat 300-pounder, but you are even media people. And it's like, and as you said, I'm about winning. Sometimes you got to win up. The other guy, he's, you know, he's damn good with jiu-jitsu. He's damn good at striking. If I make a mistake, I can get caught. Do you, does, is it still frustrating that after all these years and all these decades of watching fights and all this, there are still media people who look at you and other fighters and go, Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. This fight was kind of boring. It's like, no, no, no. Sometimes it's going to be a, a dull fight. Sometimes it's a tactical fight. We get to fight smarter or else we're going to get knocked out very quickly. Yeah, man, it, it's frustrating, especially with people that haven't done it before. Uh, and, and even the people that have done it before, but haven't done it at the high level. Like you've got these guys with, with these really crappy records. They're, they're fighters. And they have really crappy records and they lose to other bad guys and they're trying to give people advice on what they should do dude shut up man you don't know anything you haven't competed at the level that i've competed at and and you really don't know what you're talking about so that that is really annoying and i've really learned in the past all you can do is ignore it because if you try to feed into that they're just going to come back with this and you're going to come back with that and then you're both going to end it upset and it's going to ruin your day. You just got to ignore those losers, man. And to go back to what you were saying about last night, I, I do have a problem with the way that fight went down. Rosenstruck was very clearly losing the fight. And the thing that I was upset with, with, with him or any fighter in this, in this regard is when you're in a five-rounder and it hits about that third round and you've clearly lost all three rounds, it's time to say, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter if I get knocked out because I'm going to lose a decision. It doesn't matter if I get submitted because I'm already going to lose a decision. And that's when you have to adapt, maybe throw your, what your game plan was out the window and just go for broke. And I feel like he didn't do that. Part of it being, I think he was just afraid of getting tired. Part of it was he was afraid of getting taken down. And I completely understand that. I completely understand those fears. Those are very legitimate fears, but you're losing it, There's no comment box next to that L on your record. There's no, oh, well, he was afraid of getting tired. You can't say that. You go out, you got to fight. You agreed to five rounds. You're down three. You got to uh, use these last 10 minutes to really put your dick on the table and try to, and try to get this finish. All comes back to you, March 20th. It's you versus Leonardo Santos. He's a damn good fighter. I mean, this is, this is a big step up now. This is a guy who's beaten Kevin Lee, Roman Bogatov, Adriano Martins, uh, his last loss, when you look at it, was against Santiago Ponzinibbio on the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, he's much better than anybody you faced here. So, as you said, I know that you said before, oh my, I want to press the action, I want to get him tired and all that. How much is it also for you to be more cautious? Because this isn't not Nariami. This isn't, you know, Julian Arosa. This is a guy that you look and go, well, there's this big weakness I can take advantage of. He's a lot like you. He's good in everything. There's nothing you, you know, you can't, you know, really, you know, get rid, you know, can't expose. 
how much do you look and go, this might be that tactical fight where he's going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to be just patient so that I don't walk into something? Yeah, man, uh, definitely. That's where that's where it becomes tricky because one of I, – I feel the best way to victory is to get him tired. The best way to get him tired is to push the pace. When you push the pace, it becomes a lot more difficult – to stay safe in areas. And I think that that's a fair trade-off. I feel like my style is pushing the pace. I feel like my style is very, very aggressive. So I'm used to that. And going back to what you said, he's the best guy that I've fought so far. I would 100% agree with you. I think that he's the best guy i fought so far. He's up what my uh, previous weight class was because this fight is at 155. And uh, I, I truly believe in the bottom of my heart that when I look at this dude, I'm going to make this fight look easy. I think that I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I do best. And at the end of the day, people are going to be like, I can't believe how easily he made that look. And, and that's, that's what it's going to come down to. Pushing the pace, staying safe, but making it look easy. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, it'll be uh, March 20th, UFC fight night. It is the main event, of course. Well, we're, we're, who's... It's the Brunson versus Holland, but this fight here, I'm telling, I'm telling you, will steal the show. I give you it is the man himself. I give you a KGD, Grant Austin. Now, Grant, before I let you go, where else can fans check you out? On the Twitter page, Instagram, YouTube. Where can fans hit you up at? Uh, hit me up on Instagram. That's the one I'm on the most. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel called KGD TV. Um, you can follow all of my my fight camps there. I do a lot of, uh, of vlogging and episodes on kind of daily life and routine if you guys want to follow me on that. So I appreciate the time, man. Grant Dawson, ladies and gentlemen, all, once again, always a pleasure and honor having on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on here only on it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. <laughs>